My name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Titan's Curse, Chapter 1. Uh, I just want to say quickly before we begin that 600 downloads is where I'm at right now. I didn't think I'd come this far, and it's just thanks to everyone who's listening, so thank you all. You're amazing. Let's get on with the chapter. Chapter 1. My rescue operation goes very wrong. The Friday before winter break, my mom packed me an overnight bag and a few deadly weapons and took me to a new boarding school. We picked up my friends Annabeth and Thalia on the way. It was an eight-hour drive from New York to the Bar Harbor, Maine. Slow sleet and snow pounded the highway. Annabeth, Thalia, and I hadn't seen each other in months, but between the blizzard and the thought of what we were going about to do, we were too nervous to talk much. Except for my mom. She talks more when she's nervous. By the time we finally got to Westover Hall, it was getting dark, and she told Annabeth and Thalia every embarrassing baby story there was to tell about me. Thalia wiped the fog off the car window and peered outside. Oh, yeah, this'll be fun. Westover Hall looked like an evil knight's castle. It was all black stone, with towers and slit windows and a big set of wooden double doors. It stood on a snowy cliff overlooking this big frosty forest on one side and the great churning sea on the other. Are you sure you don't want me to wait? My mother asked. No thanks, Mom, I said. I don't know how long it will take. We'll be okay. But how will you get back? I'm worried, Percy. I hoped I wasn't blushing. It was bad enough I had to depend on my mom to drive me to my battles. It's okay, Mrs. Jackson. Miss Jackson, Annabeth smiled reassuringly. Her blonde hair was tucked into a ski cap, and her gray eyes were the same color as the ocean. We'll keep them out of trouble. My mom seemed to relax a a little. She thinks Annabeth is the most high-level demigod ever to hit eighth grade. She's sure often, and Annabeth often keeps me from getting killed. She's right, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. All right, dears, my mom said. Do you have everything you need? Yes, Miss Jackson, Alia said. Thanks for the ride. Extra sweaters? You have my cell phone number? Mom. Your ambrosia nectar, Percy? And the golden drachma in case you need to contact camp? Mom, seriously, we'll be fine. Come on, guys. She looked a little hurt, but I was sorry. And I was sorry about that, but I was ready to be out of that car. If my mom told me one more... Told one more story about how cute I looked in the bath when I was three years old. I was going to burrow this into the snow and freeze myself to death. Annabeth and Thalia followed me inside. The wind blew straight through my coat like ice daggers. Once my mother's car was out of sight, Thalia said, Your mom is so cool, Percy. She's pretty okay, I admitted. What about you? You ever, ever get in touch with your mom? As soon as I said it, I wish I hadn't. Thalia was great at giving evil looks what with the punk what with the punk clothes she always wears the ripped up army jacket black leather trousers and chain jewelry the black eyeliner and those intense blue eyes but but the look she gave me now was a perfect evil 10 if that was any of your business percy we'd better get inside Annabeth interrupted grover will be waiting thalia looked at the castle and shivered you're right I wonder what he found here that made him send the the distress call. I stared up at the dark towers of Westover Hall. Nothing good, I guessed. 
The oak doors groaned open, and the three of us stepped into the entry hall in a swirl of snow. In the in a swirl of snow, all I could say was, "Whoa!" The place was huge. The walls were lined with battle flags and weapon displays, antique rifles, battle axes, and a bunch of other stuff. I mean, I knew Westover was a military school and all, but the decorations seemed like overkill. Literally. My hand went to my pocket where I kept my lethal ballpoint pen, Riptide. I could already sense something wrong in this place. Something dangerous. Thalia was rubbing her silver bracelet, her favorite magic item. I knew we were thinking of the same thing. A fight was coming. Annabeth started to say, I wonder where the door slammed shut behind us. Okay, I mumbled. Yes, we'll stay a while. I could hear music echoing from the other end of the hall. It sounded like dance music. We stashed our overnight bags behind a pillar and started down the hall. We hadn't gone very far when I heard footsteps on the stone floor, and a man and woman marched out of the shadows to intercept us. They both had short gray hair and black military-style uniforms with red trim. The woman was a wispy, had a wispy mustache, and the guy was clean-shaven, which seemed kind of backwards to me. They both walked stiffly, like they had broomsticks taped up their spines. Well, the woman demanded, what are you doing here? Um, I realized I hadn't planned for this. I'd been so focused on getting to go over to find out what was wrong, I hadn't considered that someone might question three kids sneaking into the school at night. We hadn't talked at all in the car about how we could get inside. I said, ma'am, we're just... Ha! The man snapped, which made me jump. Visitors are not allowed at the dance. You shall be ejected. He had a French, an accent, maybe French. He pronounced his J like Jacques. And he was tall, with hawkish face. His nostrils flared when he spoke, which made it really hard not to stare up his nose, and his eyes were two different colors, one brown, one blue, like an alley cat's. I figured he was about to toss us into the snow, but Thalia stepped forward and did something very weird. She snapped her fingers. The sound was sharp and loud. Maybe it was just my imagination. I felt a gust of wind ripple out from her hand across the room. It washed over us all, making the banners rustle on the walls. Uh, but we're not visitors, sir, Thalia said. We go to school here. You remember. I'm Thalia, and this is Annabeth and Percy. We're in the eighth grade. The male teacher narrowed his two-colored eyes. I didn't know what Thalia was thinking. Now I'd probably get punished for lying and thrown into the snow. But the man seemed, man seemed to be hesitating. He looked at his colleague. Mrs. Gotchok, do you know these students? Despite the danger we were in, I had to bite my tongue to keep from laughing. A teacher named Gotchok? He had to be kidding. The woman blinked like someone had just woken her up from trance. Uh, yes, I believe I do, sir, she frowned at us. Annabeth, Thalia, Percy, what are you doing away from the gymnasium? Before we could answer, I heard more footsteps and grown a Grover ran up breathlessly. You made it. You he stopped short when he saw the teachers. Oh, Mrs. Gottschalks, Mr. Dr. Thorne. I, um, what is it, Mr. Underwood? Said the man. His tone made it clear that he dis- detested Grover. What do you mean they've made it? These students live here. Grover swallowed. Uh, yes, sir, of course, Dr. Thorne. I just, I mean, they, I'm, I'm glad they made it to the, the, 
punch for the dance. The punch is great. And they made it. Dr. Thorne glared at us. I decided one of his eyes had to be fake. The brown one? The blue one? He looked like he wanted to pitch us off the castle's highest tower, but then Mrs. Gottchalk said dreamily, Yes, the punch is excellent. Now run, run along, all of you. You're not to leave the gymnasium again. We didn't want to be told twice. We didn't wait to be told twice. We left with a lot of yes ma'ams and yes sirs and a couple of salutes, just because it seemed like the right thing to do. Grover hustled us down the hall in the direction of the music. I could feel the teacher's eyes on my back, but I walked closely to Thalia and asked in a low voice, How do you do that snap fingers thingy? You mean the mist? Hasn't Karen shown you how to do that yet? An uncomfortable lump formed in my throat. Karen was our head trainer at camp, but he'd never shown me anything like that. Why'd he show Thalia and not me? Grover hurried us to the door that had Jim written on the glass. And with my dyslexia, I could read that much. That was close, Grover said. Thanks to God, thank the gods you got here. Annabeth and Thalia both hugged Grover. I gave them a big high five. I gave him a big high five. It was good to see him after so many months. He'd got a little taller and spotted a few more whiskers, but otherwise he looked like he'd always did he looked like he always did when he passed for human. A red cap on his curly brown hair to hide his goat horns, baggy jeans and train and trainers with fake feet to hide his furry legs and hooves. He was wearing a black t shirt that took me a few seconds to read. It said Westover Hall Grunt. I was I wasn't sure whether that was like Grover's rank or maybe just the school motto. So what's the emergency? I asked. Grover took a deep deep breath. I found two. Two half bloods? Thalia asked, amazed. Here? Grover nodded. Finding one half blood was rare enough. This year, Karen put the satyrs on emergency overtime and sent them all over the country, scorching schools from fourth grade through high school for possible rec- recruits. These were desperate times. We were losing campers. We needed all the new fighters we could get, we could find. The problem was, there just weren't many demigods out there. A brother and a sister, he said. They're ten and twelve. I don't know their parentage, but they're strong. But we're running out of time, though. I need help. Monsters? One. Grover looked nervous. He suspects. I don't think he's positive yet, but this is the last day of term. I'm sure he won't let them leave campus without finding out. Or it may be our last chance. Every time I get close to them, he's always there, blocking me. I don't know what to do. Grover looked at Thalia desperately. I try not to feel upset by that. By that, Grover used to look at me for answers, but Thalia had seniority. Not just because her dad was Zeus. Thalia had more experience than any of us with fending off monsters in the real world. Right, she said. These half boys are at the dance? Grover nodded. Ten let's dance, Thalia said. Who's the monster? Oh, Grover said and looked around nervously. He just met him, the vice principal, Dr. Thorne. Weird thing about military schools? The kids go absolutely nuts when there's an event special event that they get to be out of their uniform. I guess it's because everything's so strict the rest of the time they feel like they've got to overcompensate or something. There were black and red balloons all over the gym floor, and guys were kicking them in each other's faces, trying to strangle each other with crepe papier streams taped to the walls. Girls moved around in football hud- in football huddles the the way they always do, wearing lots of makeup and spaghetti straps tops in brightly colored trousers and shoes that looked like torture devices. 
Every once in a while, it's around some poor guy like a pack of piranhas, shrieking and give, giggling. And when they finally moved out, moved on, the guy would have ribbons in his hair and a bunch of lipstick graffiti all over his face. Some of the older guys looked more like me, uncomfortable hanging out at the edge of the gym, t- gym trying to hide like any minute they might have to fight for their lives. Of course, in my case, it was true. There they are, Grover nodded towards a couple of younger kids arguing in the bleachers. Bianca and Nico D'Angelo. The girl wore a floppy green hat, like she was trying to hide her face. The boy was obviously her little brother. They both had dark, silky hair and olive skin, and they used their hands a lot as they talked. The boy was shuffling some kind of trading cards. His sister seemed to be scolding him about something. She kept looking around like she sensed something was wrong. Annabeth said, Do the... I mean, have you told them? Grover shook his head. You know how it is. That... That could put them in more danger. Once they realize who they are, their scent becomes stronger. He looked at me and I nodded. I'd never really understood what half-bloods smell like to monsters and satyrs, but I knew that your scent could get you killed. And the more powerful demigod you become, the more you smell like a monster's lunch. So let's grab them and get out of here, I said. I I started forward, but Thalia put her hand on my shoulder. The vice principal, Dr. Thorne, had slipped out of a doorway near the bleachers and was standing near the D'Angelo siblings. He nodded coldly in our direction. His blue eyes seemed to glow. Judging from his expression, I guess Thorne hadn't been fooled by Thalia's trick with the mist after all. He suspected who we were. He was just waiting to see why we were here. Don't look at the kids, Thalia ordered. We have to wait for a chance to get them. We need to pretend we're not interested in them. Throw them off the scent. How? We're three powerful half-buds. Our presence should confuse him. Mingle, act natural, do some dancing, but keep your eye on those kids. Dancing? Annabeth asked. Thali nodded. She cocked her, hear- her ear to the music and made a face. Ugh. Who chose, who chose the Jesse McCartney? Grover looked hurt. I did. Oh my gods, Grover, this is so lame. Can't you play, like, Green Day or something? Green who? Never mind. Let's dance. But I can't dance. You can if I'm leading, Thalia said. Come on, goat boy. Grover yelped as Thalia grabbed his hands and led him onto the dance floor. What? I asked. Nothing. It's just cool to have Thalia back. Annabeth had grown taller than me since last summer, which I found kind of disturbing. She used to wear no jewelry except for a camp bead, camp half-blood bead necklace, but now she wore a little silver earring shaped like owls, symbol of her mother, Athena. She pulled off her ski cap and her long blonde hair tumbled down her shoulders. Made her look older for some reason. So, I tried to think of something to say. Act natural, Dahlia had told us. When you're half-blood on a dangerous mission, what the heck is natural? Um, design any good buildings lately? Annabeth's eyes lit up, the way they always did when she talked about architecture. Oh my god, Percy. At my new school, I take the 3D design, and there's this cool computer program? She went on to explain how she designed this huge monument that she wanted to put at ground, ground Zero in Manhattan. She talked about structural supports and face aids and stuff. I tried to listen. I knew she wanted to be a super architect when she grew up. She loves maths and historical buildings and all that, but I hardly understood a word she was saying. The truth was I was kind of disappointed to hear that she liked her new school so much. It was the first time she'd gone to school in New York. I've been hoping to see her more often. It was a boarding school in Brooklyn, which she and Thalia were both attending, close enough to Camp Half-Blood that Chiron could could help if he got into any trouble. 
because it's an all-girls girls school, and I was going to MS554 in Manhattan. I hardly ever saw him. Yeah, uh, cool, I said. So you're staying there the rest of the year, huh? Your face got dark. Well, maybe if I don't... Hey, Thalia! Hey! Thalia called to us. She was slow... She was a slow dancing with Grover, who was tripping all over himself, kicking Thalia in the shins, and looking like he wanted to die. At least his feet weren't fake. Unlike me, I had an ex- he had an excuse for being clumsy. Dance, you guys! Thalia ordered. You look stupid just standing there. I looked nervously at Annabeth, then at the group of girls who were roaming their gym. The gym. Well, Annabeth asked. Um, who should I ask? Who should I ask? She punched me in the gut. Me, seaweed brain. Oh, uh, oh, right. So she went, so we went onto the dance floor, and I looked over to see how Thalia and Grover were doing things. I put one hand on Annabeth's hip, and she clasped my other hand like she was about to judo throw me. I'm not going to bite, she told me. Honestly, Percy, do you, do you guys not have dances at your school? I didn't answer. The truth was, the truth was, we did, but I'd never, like, actually danced at one. I was usually one of the guys playing basketball in the corner. We shuffled around for a few minutes. I tried to concentrate on little things like crepe papier, streamers in the punch bowl. Anything but the fact that Annabeth was taller than me and my hands were sweaty and probably gross. And I kept stepping on her toes. What were you saying earlier? I asked. Are you having trouble at school or something? She pursed her lips. It's not that. It's it's my dad. Uh Uh-oh. I knew Annabeth had a rocky relationship with her father. I thought it was getting better with you two. Is it your stepmom again? Annabeth sighed. He decided to move. Just when I was settling in, when getting settled in New York, he took this stupid new job researching at a World War One, researching for a what World War One book in San Francisco. She said this the same way she might say the Fields of Punishment or Hades' gym shorts. Ew. So he wants you to move out there with him? I asked. To the other side of the country, she said miserably. And half-bloods can't live in San, Th- San Francisco. He should know that. What? Why not? Annabeth rolled her eyes. Maybe she thought I was kidding. You know, it's right there. Oh, I said. I had no idea what she was talking about, but I didn't want to sound stupid. So you'll go back to living at camp or what? It's more serious than that, Percy. I, I probably should tell you something. Suddenly she froze. They're gone. What? I followed her gaze. The bleachers. The two half-buds kids, Ni- Bianco, Bianca and Nico, no, were no longer there. The door next to the bleachers was wide open. Dr. Thorne was nowhere in sight. We have to get Dolly and Grover. Annabeth looked around frantically. Oh, where'd they dance off to? Come on! She ran through the crowd. I was about to follow and a mob of girls got in my way. I maneuvered around them to avoid getting the ribbon and lipstick treatment. And by the time I was free, Annabeth had disappeared. I turned, looking for her, Thalia, and Grover. Instead, I saw something that chilled my blood. About 15 meters away, lying on the gym floor, was a floppy green hat, just like the one Bianca D'Angelo had been wearing. Near it were a few scattered trading cards. Then I caught a glimpse of Dr. Thorne. He was hurrying out a door at the opposite end of the gym, steering the D'Angelo kids by the scruffs of their necks, like kittens. I couldn't see Annabeth, but I knew she'd be heading the other way, looking for Thalia and Grover. I almost ran after her, and then I thought, wait, 
I remember what Thalia had said to me in the entry hall, looking at me puzzled when I asked about the finger snap trick. Hasn't Chiron showed you that yet? I thought about the way Grover turned to her, expecting her to save the day. Not that I resented Thalia. She was cool. It wasn't her fault her dad was Zeus and she got all the attention. Still, I didn't need to run after her to solve every problem. Besides, there wasn't time. The D'Angelo kids were in danger. They might be gone by the time I found my friends. I knew monsters. I could handle this myself. I took Riptide out of my pocket and ran after Dr. Thorne. The doors led into a dark hallway. I, sat, I heard sounds of scuffling up ahead and a painful grunt. I uncapped Riptide. The pen drew, grew in my hands until I had held a bronze sword about a meter long with a leathery bound grip. The blade glowed faintly, casting golden light on the rows of lockers. I jogged down the corridor, but when I got to the other side end, no one was there. I opened the door and found myself back in the main entry hall. I'd gone a full circle. I didn't see Dr. Thorne anywhere, but there, on the opposite side of the room were the D'Angelo kids. They stood frozen in horror, staring at me. I advanced slowly, lowering the tip of my sword. It's okay, I'm not going to hurt hurt you. My, they didn't answer. Their eyes were full of fear. What was wrong with them? It was Dr. Thorne. Maybe he'd sensed the presence of Riptide and retreated. Monster hate, monsters hated celestial bronze weapons. My name's Percy, I said, trying to keep my voice level calm. I'm going to take you out of here, get you somewhere safe. Bianca's eyes widened, her fist clenched. Only too late did I realize what she meant. She wasn't afraid of me, she was trying to warn me. I swirled around and something went whoosh! Pain exploded in my shoulder. A force like a huge hand yanked me backwards and slapped me into the wall. I slashed with my sword, but there was nothing to hit. A cold laugh echoed through the hall. Yes, Perseus Jackson, Dr. Thorne said, his accent mang mangled the J in my last name. I know who you are. I tried to free my shoulder. The coat, my coat and shirt were pinned to the wall by some kind of spike. A black dagger-like projectile about half a meter long. It had grazed the skin of my shoulder and passed through my clothes, and the cut burned. I felt something like this before. Poison. I forced myself to concentrate. I would not pass out. A dark silhouette now moved towards us. Dr. Thorne stepped into the dim light. He still looked human, but his face was ghoulish. He had perfect white teeth, and his brown-blue eye reflected the light of my sword. Thank you for coming out of the gym, he said. I hate middle school dances. I tried to swing my sword again, but he was just out of reach. Whoosh! A second projectile shot from somewhere behind Dr. Thorne. He didn't appear to move. It was as if someone invisible was standing behind him, throwing knives. Next to me, Bianca yelped. The second horn, Thorne, impaled itself in the stone wall a millimeter from her face. All three of you will come with me, Dr. Thorne said, quietly, obediently. If you make a single noise, if you call out for help or try to fight, I will show just how accurately I can throw. That was chapter one. Um, new book? Yeah. I personally feel good about it. Um, but as I said in the last episode... Please actually do go to podbean.com or download the app Podbean and um, 
there you can follow me, you can like my episodes, you can download and you can even comment if you have any questions, concerns, complaints, or anything else. Also, just a quick comment. How long can you legally make a chapter? Like, what? That was such a long chapter. Never, ever. Chapters 15 pages. I've read chapters that are like five. Whoa. I should stop recording. You, don't, you guys probably don't really care.